All right, Proverbs chapter 23, and uh, like I was getting ready to say here, we're going to start a new series, and I don't know how long it's going to go, maybe, maybe 10, 12 weeks, but, uh, you know, it's so important for us with our families, especially when we have kids, especially when we have kids that are younger, um, but all of these things, I mean, every one of these things that we're going to talk about tonight, especially, but for the next few weeks, is... Um, are all things that will, will help us out, I believe, tremendously in the way that we handle ourselves in our families. And so let's just start. Uh, tonight, we're not going to hit a whole lot of Scripture. We're going to be very practical tonight. Um, but in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 24, the Bible says this, The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. Now, in this verse, Solomon was, was speaking to his son, and he was talking to him about giving him his heart. One of the things that, that hit me from this verse is that Solomon had to want his son's heart. Um, you know, and, and obviously the son has to want to give his heart to his father, but, but Solomon here had enough interest in his family that, he, that his son knew that he wanted his heart. And he told him that point blank, but uh, what a joy it is to have children that grow up and live for God. And, you know, I obviously my kids are still in the process of growing up, but um, it'll not just happen because they're in a home with parents that are saved. That's a great start, um, but they don't just automatically grow up and live for God because you're, you as parents are saved. Uh, and the same could be said of each, each member of the family. Obviously, a husband would say that he wants his wife's heart. A wife would say that she want her, wants her husband's heart. But that it has to be proven. Um, and, and I wonder how many of us are guilty of taking our family for granted without even knowing it. And uh, it's very easy to do that, um, prioritizing a to-do list. You know, we've got things that we have to get done. And I understand. I mean, you have to work. You have to, you have things that have to be done. You can't just sit around and play games with your family all day. Um, but it's so important what we prioritize. Um, and, and taking our loved ones for granted is, is easy to do without always realizing what we're doing. Um, by mixing up our priorities and for, fo- focusing on the things that don't matter near as much as our families do. And so tonight I want to look at six things, and, and they're pretty quick, but six things that will give you an indication that you may be taking your family for granted. Are you taking your family for granted? Let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll look at six things tonight. You might want to pull out a piece of paper and write these things down. Uh, it would be helpful for you to do those things and kind of go back to them. And, and um, really, this is kind of like a gauge to see where we are and whether or not we're taking our families for granted. So let's pray, and then we'll get to this, uh, these things tonight. Father, we do love you. Again, we thank you for our time that we can spend together. I pray that it would be profitable, and that as we uh, focus on our families and on the things that matter the most within those families, God, that you'd give us our, help us to make sure that our priorities are right. And as we go through this lesson tonight and then through the next few weeks, God, that you would uh, give us some things that we can use to help us be what you want us to be within our families. Thank you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing tonight is this, and a way that you can tell if you're taking your family for granted is this. Number one, other th- less important things get more of your time than they do. That's not right. What's going on with this thing tonight? Is it showing up right on yours? 
because that's not right. But other less important things are, are, are get more of your time than they do. Uh, when your friends, your sports, your hobbies start consuming more of your free time than your family gets, your loved ones are going to notice. And I can't, I'll use the term family, I'll, ter- I'll use the term loved ones, uh, because it doesn't have to be just our immediate family necessarily. It could be some, you know, it could be some extended family. It could be your husband. It could be your wife. But it's very easy to fill up every evening with things that you enjoy doing the minute you get home from work. Uh, and, and that's what happens a lot of times. You know, a husband gets home from work, he plops down on the couch, he flips on the TV, and then he watches it the rest of the night. You know, or he gets home and, and uh, you know, he's playing video games or whatever. I mean, there's so many things, you know. You walk in the door long enough to get some food, get your clothes on for the night, uh, for, for a night out, and you're gone, you know. Wives, uh, I, I'm not saying there's just so many different, so many different dynamics here. I'd, I'm just giving you examples, but, but that's, that's the, you know, oh, it's not always just the husbands that, that come home and flop down on the couch or come home and, you know, change their clothes and they're gone. Wives do the same thing. And, and, you know, we could get to the point where other less important things are taking more of our time. Uh, that's not what your family needs. And they're going to notice that, especially when your kids are small. But even as they get older, they notice that you're not there. Uh, work is necessary, but that's not as important as your family. And a lot of times it's going to, it's going to end up draining your time before you even realizing it. Uh, and I think my, my own dad is a perfect example. You, you met him a couple weeks ago, but of someone who didn't put his, his interest over the interest of his children. Um, in some ways, he helped form our interests so that we're interested in the same things that he was interested in. There's nothing wrong with that. He loved wrestling. He grew up wrestling, and so he got us involved in wrestling. And, uh, you know, but then every time we had a wrestling tournament, now he owned his own business, and it made it a little easier for him to be able to get time off to do those things, but he, he made time. He always he came to every wrestling tournament that we had. I, I can still remember to this day seeing him walking up to the track. We had a, we had a big quarter-mile track that went around the soccer field. And, you know, the game's getting ready to start, and here he come walking up to the game. You know, he, he made time, and, he, you know, soccer wasn't one of the things that he ever did growing up, but he, he, he did things that we enjoyed doing with us, you know. Um, he was there. He came to our basketball games, and I, I know that it, that interrupted his schedule for us to have a game at 3.30 in the afternoon, you know, but he came to those things. It was important to him, and, you know, he put, he, he put his family before his interests and his, you know, uh, his hobbies and everything else. In fact, I, I, this, this happened a, a, a few uh, months back, but I was riding with an officer who said that his wife worked for a professional babysitting service. And you might, you might have remembered me mentioning this because I know that I did at one point, but his wife works for a professional babysitting company. And so, you know, they hire, they, they hire this company and then they, they send somebody that works for them to come over and whatever else. But she ends up babysitting a lot right over here in Wyndham. And she said it's not uncommon for them to spend upwards of $60,000 a year to get somebody to come watch their kids for them. It's not uncommon for them to be gone a week at a time where they just leave their kids with a babysitter and go off for work. Could you imagine that? $60,000. And, it, and it's, for them, it's not even the money because they got plenty of money to do it. But the thing is, they're gone for weeks at a time. Or, or even if you're gone for a whole week. You know, I mean, and I get it. You go out of town, you go on vacation, those kind of things. But uh, the parents will be gone on business for a week at a time, they, he said. 
And, and, and even his wife was just floored by the fact that, you know, here, and, and she doesn't go stay there for a week. They have a rotating babysitters that rotate for that whole week that the parents are gone. Could, I mean, could you imagine just, you know, putting your kids in that situation? But that's not active parenting, and the kids are going to notice that. They want your time. Your wife wants your time. Your husband wants your time. So other less important things get more of your time than they do, and that's one way that you can know that you're taking your family for granted. Here's the second thing. You find yourself regularly enjoying time alone more than time with your family. I have no idea why that's doing that, but you find yourself regularly enjoying time alone more than time with your family. And there are a lot of ways that that can happen. Uh, you know, that, that m might include hiding in your room with your computer, you know, uh, or just, you know, looking up the news, scrolling through Facebook, watching sports. It, it's just so many ways that that can happen. Uh, but, you know, you, you go hole up in the garage or, or you go down to the man cave and you spend time there, you know, or the ladies maybe in a sewing room with the door locked so the kids can't get in there, you know. And again, it's not that you can't ever spend time by yourself, but you find yourself regularly enjoying time alone more than time with your family. Uh, it could be, you know, it could even include being with your family in person, but just not being present. You know, you're sitting on the couch and everybody's around, but you're spending hours, you know, scrolling through Facebook or hours on Instagram or hours, you know, playing a video game or, or anything. I mean, there's so many different things that can take up our time. Um, but, you know, you've heard of the term a work widow, you know, or a golf widow or a hunting widow. Hunting season comes around and the husband's gone for the whole four weeks or however long hunting season is, you know, uh, it ought not to be that way. And, I, and, you know, oh, yeah, well, hunting's the one thing that I look forward to the entire year. So, yes, I am going to be gone hunting every single day of hunting season. Well, that's putting your priorities in the wrong place. I know hunting season only lasts four, five, six weeks. But that's four, five, six weeks that your family doesn't need to have you gone every single night. And that is putting, you know, regularly enjoying time alone more than time with your family, and it's going to hurt your family. Um, and if you do want to do those things, there's nothing wrong with golf. There's nothing wrong with hunting. There's nothing wrong with work. But figure out a way to make those things work together with your family, you know. Um, one of the things that I do is, you know, I, I, I don't golf. I used to golf more than I do now. I don't get to golf very much just because, you know, everything takes up so much time. But Take, yeah, I take Becca with me when we go golfing. And it, she doesn't golf, but it's a great time for us to spend time together. I get to golf, and, she, and, and we're, you know, we're not missing out on time that we could be spending with each other. And so, you know, but there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with alone time. In fact, in a family, I think you need that sometimes. But it, it should not be normal for you to be always alone and always looking for that time alone. They're your kids. She's your wife. He's your husband. They're your parents. They need your time. They need your influence. Use the opportunity um, to teach when it would be easier to do it yourself. Um, you know, I go out in the garage and I work on, on things, and I'm, I, I'm always telling Jackson and Alex, I want you guys out here, you know. I want you to be out here learning how to do these things. Is it easier to do it myself? Absolutely. Um, it's, it, if I could just do it without teaching them how to do it, it would save me a whole lot of time. But then I'm not doing what's best for them. And I'm not teaching them the things that they need to be taught. Show them like somebody took the time to show you the things that you know how to do. Here's number three, the way that you take your family for granted. Number three, your kids repeatedly ask for your time and attention, but your list of excuses keeps getting longer and longer. 
Your kids repeatedly ask for your time and attention, but your list of excuses keeps getting longer and longer. And it doesn't even mean that they say, Dad, can I please have your time? Dad, can I please have your attention? You know, but they're asking you to do things with them, and you always have an excuse why you can't. You always have good reason why you can't play, why you can't go ride bikes, why you can't you know, watch what they're doing at that moment. And I think sometimes our phones and our devices get more of our attention than they do. And again, work has to be done, but most of the time what we're doing on our phone is not work. Most of the time what we're doing on, on our phones is things that doesn't matter when we're with our families. Um, you, you know, have you ever gone to a, a, a restaurant? Just when you go to a restaurant, you look around, especially when you see a family with teenagers, and what are all of them doing? They're buried in their phones, right? I mean, it's almost comical. If it wasn't so sad, it would be funny. But you see these families, and that's what they're doing, is everybody's on their phones, and they're all scrolling, and they're not doing anything that matters. They're just spending time on Facebook, spending time on Instagram, spending time on whatever other social media apps there are out there nowadays. I don't even, I, I know there's others. I don't even know what they are. But, you know, here, let's go spend some time together as a family. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's sit around the table and go through our phones together, you know? I mean, but that's that's what it's become, you know? And, and um it's, it, it's not helpful because you're, you're coming up with excuses why you can't spend time with your kids. There's nothing better for kids than to have parents that are watching what they're doing. You know, you remember how it was when you were a kid. Hey, Dad, watch this, you know. Mom, watch this. Can you come out and look at this? You want them to see it. You want them to pay attention. Um, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I heard, Dad, watch this, I'd be very rich, you know. But I am rich. Because I have kids that want me to watch what they're doing. And I don't need a dollar every time I hear, Dad, watch this. Because if I can watch what they're doing and they, they get the enjoyment out of me being there and watching them do it, um, you know, that helps them. It helps me. Your kids want your attention. They deserve your attention. And it's, it's very easy to make up excuses why, why you can't do it. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll come play after I watch this or after I finish that when I get done doing what I want to do. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that your kids ought to control everything that you do. If, if they say, Dad, come watch this, that you've got to drop everything and go running over there. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that, but uh, you are their parent. Spend time with them. Give them your attention. Give them your energy. Because I can tell you this, the day is going to come when you wish you could and you won't be able to. And then what? You know? Then what? It's too late. Here's number four way that you can tell that you're taking your family for granted. Number four, your spouse is frustrated at your lack of interest and involvement with the family. You know, she wants you to invest more time into her and the kids than you do the, your work or your hobbies, but you still don't seem to see the problem. Same thing goes for wives, you know. Wives can pick up hobbies and, and things that, that just end up taking way more time away from the family than they need to be. And the spouse, the husband, gets frustrated because of the lack of interest, lack of involvement with the family. You know, um, well, she's overreacting again, right? No. Uh, she doesn't realize how much you slave to make a living for the family. Uh, but there's a big part, you know, a, a big part of that's true. Your job is, especially for husbands, a breadwinner, and that takes time and effort. But a lot of the problems in America would be non-existent if husbands... Uh, and fathers spend as much energy on their families as they do on their work and their play. You know, um, there's so much 
wrong with America today. And a lot of it could be fixed if fathers would just be involved in their children's lives. If mothers would just be involved in their children's lives. Um, get involved in the sports that your kids play. Get involved in their schoolwork. You know, you should know how they did at school that week. You should know how they did at school that day. You should be interested enough to ask them. You should know who their friends are. You should know the, you know, the teammates that they play sports with. You should know the, uh, the, the people that they hang with, especially as they get older into their teenage years. But play games with the family. Sit at the supper table and eat together. You know, and Brian can tell you this too, but some of the best times that we had together as a family were sitting around the table, you know, with everybody there. And, and we, we ate supper together as a family almost every night. And, uh, I mean, it was just a tremendous, tremendous time together as a family. That's how you get to know each other, you know. And, and we didn't have phones. I mean, that was kind of back in the day before cell phones were really popular anyway. Uh, but I didn't get my first cell phone until I was in college. And we didn't sit around doing those things. We sat around the table playing games. We sat around the table, you know, laughing and, and joking and usually at somebody. But it was still fun, you know. <laughs> As long as it wasn't you that was getting laughed and picked on. But um, those were fun times together. And it's because my parents were involved in our lives. Uh, they were interested in our lives. And certainly they had their own lives. They, my, my dad ran his own business. My mom was the secretary for him and did all that work. And, you know, but they were involved. And we knew that they were involved. We knew that they were interested. Here's number five. How can you tell that you're taking your family for granted? It's hard to remember the last time you played in the yard with the kids. It's hard to, it's hard to remember the last time you played in the yard with the kids. Um, if, if you can pass up an easy opportunity to, lay, to, to, to make lasting memories without it bothering you, then you're taking your family for granted. Um, if an entire winter has gone by and you haven't built the snowman, which around here you get like one chance, you know? Uh, if you haven't had a snowball fight, you know, if you haven't taken the time to go out there and play in the yard, um, the whole summer goes by, you haven't played catch in the backyard, uh, you might be wasting precious memories that could easily be given, but that you'll never get back, you know? Um, some, of the, some of the best times that I remember are when my dad came out there and, you know, here we are running around in the, in the snow and and uh, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. And this was, I mean, I was very young when, when we did this, but we had a really, really big snow one year. You might not even remember that. You might have been too, too young. We built an igloo out in the front yard. And, I mean, an igloo that you could get inside. You know, the whole thing was completely covered over. And, I mean, my dad helped us do that. And, and he did a lot of those kind of things. But, uh, you know, some of the best times that we had were out in the yard throwing the ball. We had, my dad used to do games. I mean, we had so many different games that we made up. And, oh, we got yelled at, my mom, you know, yelling at us for playing the balls in the house. But as long as dad was doing it, you could throw the ball as hard as you wanted to, and nobody would get in trouble, even if something broke, you know. Um, but, that, but those were, I mean, and I could tell you so many different games that my dad made up that we just, I mean, we, we loved it. We had this little soft soccer ball that we, it was like a, it was stuffed. It was like a stuffed soccer ball, but we, we would set up goals. One, we had a, the living room, the way it was set up, we had a bay window in there. And so, you know, it was about, about waist high. So from there down and to, from this corner to this corner, you had to hit the, you know, kick the ball in there. And if you got it in there, it scored, you know. 
The other one was the, the legs on the chairs on the table. You know, I mean, we played soccer in there. We used to have this game that, uh, I mean, we played it every night for, I, I, I mean, how long? I don't even know. I mean, but we had stairs that went up to, we had like a tri-level in our house. And there was probably eight stairs that went up to the top. And we, we called it the run-across game. Same little ball. My dad would throw that thing at the wall. And if you got hit, um, the first person that got hit five times was out, you know. Uh, we did that. We played the interception game. We'd go outside, and my dad would throw the football. And there was enough of us to go around, you know, uh, with six boys running around there, but, or seven boys. But my dad would play the interception game. All right, your turn, and he would throw you. Got to, you had to get to ten, and if somebody intercepted it, they got a point. I mean, we had all kinds of games that we played like that, you know. Uh, but, but my dad was involved in it, and and we played out in the yard. We did all those kind of things, and those are memories that you that you if if you pass those up, you can't ever go back and make those memories again. You get one chance to make those memories, and if you're if you're more interested in you know. Uh, whatever else than you are in your kids, then you're missing out on a great opportunity. Kids are not going to often forget the time that you spend with them because they then they know you care. And the more, I mean, I knew that my dad cared even, even when I was growing up, but the older I am and the more I had, you know, now that I have my own kids and looking back on it and all that stuff, I mean, it, my dad just proved it over and over and over and over that he cared. Um, but make time with you a reward for doing a good job. But make it something that they don't have to beg and beg for you to do either, you know. Um, it's, you know, go shoot baskets, go ride bikes, go throw a football, do whatever they like to do, you know. Um, if it's playing with dolls in the, in the, in the bedroom, then, then do it, you know. Um, those are opportunities to make memories. It gets you off the couch, gets you away from the TV. It shows them that you care. Um, it's a win-win, you know. You're getting active. They're having fun. You're showing your family that you care. Here's the last one that shows that you are taking your family, or could show, I guess, that you're taking your family for granted, and that's this. You're in the habit of saying no even before you hear them out. You're in the habit of saying no even before you hear them out. Our family wants and needs to be heard. And, hey, Dad, can I know? <laughs> you know, Dad, well, can I know? Well, when we listen to them and what their words and hearts are telling us, then it shows us that we care about their thoughts and about their feelings. And I know, I mean, it's not this, it's a snowflake culture that we live in now. And so if you're not, you know, if you don't sit down on the couch and, you know, pay attention to every word that drips off your kid's tongue, then, then something's wrong with you. And I'm not saying that. We're not raising snowflakes. We're raising children and we're raising, you know, um, kids who are going to go who are going to grow up and live in a real world and the real world is not a snowflake world but what i am saying is that they're people too just because they're young just because they're your kids does not mean that they're not people um and that's a this is a different lesson for a different night but we have to develop that early because if you want if you want them uh to listen to you when they're in high school and older then you have to listen to them now when they're young. Um, engage them in a conversation that they want to have at a young age, and you'll be able to engage them in the conversations that you want to have with them when they get older. And if you don't listen to them now, they're not going to listen to you when they get older. And uh, Because what happens is right now they have to do what you tell them to do. 
You know, you're their parents. You can discipline them if they don't obey you. So they have to listen to you now. But there's going to come a day when you don't have authority. You only have influence. And if all you had was authority, then when that authority is no longer there because they're living on their own and they have their own families or whatever else, you're going to have nothing. You need to have that influence. But the influence starts now. And if you don't start by listening to them and paying attention to what they have to say and listening to their heart and listening to their thoughts and listening to their feelings, then when the time comes that you no longer have the authority over them, you're not going to have the influence over them either. Um, rather than just saying no because it's the easiest thing to do, let's be sure to, to, to hear them out. Give them you know, what they deserve, just an evaluated and an intentional response. And sometimes the answer might be no. But at least if they know that you listened to them before you said it, then that shows them that you care about what they have to say. And, you know, again, doesn't mean the world stops and you drop everything and, and you've got to go kneel at their feet and listen to every word that they have to say to you. But you ought to be listening to them. You ought to be hearing them out. The precious moments that we have with our children are fleeting. And we can't afford to take them for granted. Don't take your family for granted. Um... Be, in, be intentional with the time that you spend with them. Uh, because, I mean, we could, we could count down the hours. You can add all the hours up, whatever it happens to be, from you know, 0 to 18 years old. And as those hours tick away, you cannot get those hours back. You can add up the days. You can't get the days back. And once they reach 18, 19, 20 years old, they're off on their own doing their own thing and, and becoming the person that, you know, that they need to become. And you're not going to have those moments to spend with them. You're not going to have the memories to make with them. Uh, let it be meaningful to you, and I can guarantee you that it will be meaningful to them. Let's make sure that we're not taking our families for granted. And we'll be glad that we didn't. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you so much for the time we could spend together. I pray that you'd help us as we go through this series over the next few weeks, that you'd help us to... Uh, be intentional with spending time with our families and making sure that we're doing the things that, that are important, making sure that we're putting our priorities in the right place, and God, that you'd be able to use us and our families to be what you want us to be. Pray that you give us a good night. Thank you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.